0: Brian
1: Dewhurst and Philip Ramsey. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Uncommon Life Project where I'm your host, Philip Ramsey. And I am Brian Dewhurst. We have an amazing guest for you today. I'm excited. I can't, I know, I can't wait. I think it's really going to be really, um, it's going to hit a lot of listeners right where they're at because I feel like, especially in Brian and I's business, we feel like there's a value to our business. We don't really know what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, what even? What do we do with it once we have it? Right. Uh, and so our guest today is like expertise is valuing businesses. Her name's Patty Bell. Brian's going to do the bio because he's way better at it than I am. And then we're going to jump into so it. So much pressure when you set me well, up like that. Yeah, it's tough. But guys, thank you for being on, folks. I always say, guys, I got to stop that, folks. Thanks for uh, jumping on this. We hope that this is valuable to to you. Obviously, we're financial advisors that really do think that you are your best asset. And so when that happens, a lot of people start starting their own businesses, start bringing their passions out, and then being able to impact the world. Man, that's where Brian and I sit. That's our hot spot. We love it. And uh, okay, Brian, bio, let's get
2: patty on. Let's do it. (laughs) All right, Patty is a CPA and leader in business and advanced solutions at Principal Financial Group here in Des Moines. She specializes in helping financial professionals on business planning, executive benefits, and estate planning. Welcome to the show, Patty Bell.
0: Awesome. Thanks for having me, you guys.
1: Oh, uh, well, first we need to tell like shout out to the people that connected us because I feel like that's fun. Rick Cordero, <laughs> the yes. the connector of all connectors, yes. Rick Cordero, former guest on the podcast as well. He was. You love Rick. We love Rick. Tell us how you met Rick for the first time, only because it's fun.
0: Uh, Well, I actually know Rick in a couple of different ways. So um, I've been at Principal a really long time, about 36 years. And Rick has been there a long time too. And he started helping people um, protect their income. And that was right in my wheelhouse. And so we started working together. And then as we started working together, we found out my um neighbors, when I first moved here um, from the Northeast, um, were friends of his. So, we kind of know each other a couple of ways.
1: I mean, who nice. isn't friends with Rick, you know? <laughs> right. I get it. I get it. You're like... So What's that seven separations from the seven Kevin, degrees of separation okay. from Kevin, of Kevin Bacon? Yeah. It's about two degrees of separation with right. Rick Cordero, is that's really what it is. That's right. Um, well, okay. I really kind of want to start. I think that's a great place to start because this hasn't been your full time thing ever since 36 years ago that you started principal. Is that right? Like, what was your first gig? It was mutually funded, the company. Now it's yeah. a shareholder owned. So that transition's probably been different. But what has your career path been? up to this point, and how did you get into business valuations?
0: <laughs> Thanks for asking. So, I came to principal right from college, and um, at the time that I joined principal, there were a couple of big tax. Acts, so tax reform of 86, tax reform of 88. And part of my responsibility was to help us um, calculate cost basis properly, because a lot of those, may, you know, and that's an exciting time, I'm just here mm-hmm. to tell you, tax reforms. Yeah.
1: And- <laughs> <laughs> we don't know anything about tax reforms now. Like, what are, what are those? <laughs> What Um, and
0: and so I helped um, make sure that our cost basis and our reporting was accurate, Um, and then I kind of that was kind of on the post sale side of things, and then um, about twenty a lot years ago I switched from a post sale side to a pre-sale side. And so, I got a little closer to the sale. It was a little more exciting um, to help um, financial advisors with their clients. Um, From a company perspective, you know, it just kept growing. And so, as we went from a mutual company to a publicly traded company, um, just that balance of uh, looking at shareholders, looking at um, clients, and looking at employees that just that balance has maybe just um, transitioned a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. I would say a little bit. Mm-hmm. So tell me when you started going into business valuation, what was the genesis of trying to, like, why? Like, there has to be a reason. There was a lot of people maybe wanting it. And then why did you jump into it? And then tell us kind of the trajectory of the department itself.
0: Sure. So, the department that I'm in is called Business and Advanced Solutions. And almost every um, major carrier has a department like this. We're attorneys and CPAs. When I joined the department, I was the first CPA. And Mm. the leader at the time said, you know what, we've been helping clients with kind of an estate planning focus. We're going to transition and start helping them business owners. So, we're going to need both disciplines, the attorney side and the CPA side. So, I've been kind of an odd duck, as you might say, because it was... uh, Dare
1: you say uncommon? Dare you say... (laughs)
0: Uncommon. Uh I was an uncommon, yes. And and one of the things that we started doing, and um, we've been doing them regularly since 2006. But one of the reasons we started is that Um, Business owners don't know what their business is worth. Um, About 60% have never had their business valued. And because of that, that's kind of a hurdle from doing planning. And so we found that if we help business owners understand what the business is worth, it might help them take the steps to do some planning.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's brilliant. And I want Brian to ask questions, but I feel like this is the time six minutes into this podcast to tell you, guess how much it is for them at principle to v- do a business valuation on your business. Brian, you want to, you want to guess? Do you, I think I know the answer. You so. know the answer. Okay. I think it's, it's free. It's free. This whole yeah. thing is free. And so mm-hmm. I love the barrier to entry because it's so easy because Just it's free because it's free. Now, that I know what the listeners thinking. Why is it free? Nothing it's, is free. Nothing's free.
2: The freemium uh, is
1: never free. Right. So why are you offering this at no cost, Patty?
0: Um, because, so this is an informal business valuation. It is, we do um, about 2,000 of them a year. Right. And we do them at no charge because we want people to do planning. And we found that this is just a great, way for us to start it. And then for the client to take the valuation to their advisors and say, we need to start something because I've got something important to me that I need to protect. Mm -hmm. And um, that's part of the reason because we found it kind of helped people get a grasp of what it's worth and and start planning. That's kind of the reason. And oh and so, from a complementary valuation standpoint, a lot of the value, the valuation methods we use are not ones that I developed or that principal developed. These are industry standard formulas that are used um, all over all over the um, U.S.
1: Well, you kind of have to have it that way because you are valuating so many different businesses from financial services to real estate. I, I mean, it seems like it could be anything right yeah. to cleaning and window. different cleaning. types of
2: businesses are valued in different ways. Right.
0: For sure. For sure. So um, we've had, you know, the world is a data analytics world now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's a big change from, you know, when I started um, with the company. And so if I look at our value, our industries, that we've uh, been tracking since 2015 service manufacturing and construction are the top industries and they have been leading since 2015.
2: That's awesome. What, um, I have so many kind of questions here. I'm trying to like weigh this out. It's hard when I ask all the questions, you know, and Brian poor Brian has all these questions that I run him over more of the technical side, but (laughs) that's um, good. When should a business owner start to like, think about this as a, as an action step um, in terms of like risk management, wealth management, you know, financial planning. Is it based on how many years they've been operating? Is it a size thing? Is it a revenue thing? What is that look
1: I
0: like? Act, I, I think it's kind of a years in business thing um, because kind of out of the gate, you kind of have to know how am I getting in to the business And then Mm -hmm. how am I going to get out? Right. And in those documents that you, um, the articles of incorporation, the partnership agreement, um, and and maybe even your uh, schedule C uh, sole proprietor, you have to have some thought about, I'm going to do this. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm going to, I'm going to create something that is of value because that's what entrepreneurs do, right? They've got Mm -hmm. an idea and they act on it. And, As they develop this business and having an idea of how I'm going to get out and the business becomes a big part of their livelihood, their lifestyle. So knowing how you want to protect your lifestyle, we know business owners care about protecting their business, protecting their employees, protecting their lifestyle. So when those three things are very dependent on the business, that's a very good time to
2: start. Yeah, that's great. I like that app actionable. Yeah. Very just tick tick tick. Oh, yep. That's me. <laughs> when we've seen, we have, you know, lots of different clients all over the U S and in different, um, you know, spots in their business. And we have some people that, you know, have been, I would say like serial entrepreneurs who have, you know, started several companies and sold, started a new company, got it, you know, two to three times bigger than the previous company, sold it, you know, and done that kind of trajectory where they're doing, um, you know venture capital funding or angel investing that type of thing you know and it's very valuation driven and as we look at that process to you know go public or ipo you know in the united states that is when the valuation is i think very clear and you're really trying to drive that you know from the beginning and those entrepreneurs you know are starting it with that in mind at the at the forefront knowing they're not probably going to be the one to take it to you know its final stage um, but then you have a lot of other people that are really, you know, truly just kind of self-employed. But there's a valuable business there. Your hmm. chiropractors, dentists, eye doctors, all of that type of stuff, even financial advisors. So <clears throat> that, to me, is where you know I think the most loving thing you can do in financial planning is is preparing your estate or something. You know, when something happens to you, we call it graduating, and knowing too, like kind of what you just said, this is some of the most loving thing you could do to your clients, your employees. Ultimately, your family is starting to plan in the exit of your business.
0: Right. It, it truly is. Brian, that made me think of a, a a couple of dentists that I worked with in Georgia. And they were two brothers. Is it okay if I just give you guys a, an example?
1: Oh, I would love to. Yeah, please do.
0: Okay. So, um, I did evaluation for these two brothers. And we were going through the report. And I could just tell from the brothers, they were like, yeah. So, so it's $3 million. So what? Yeah. And, right. and, and so I said, okay, well, let, let's kind of take a step back. Um, are you guys married? And the one brother said yes. And the other brother said no. And I said, so, okay, married brother. Um, do you have a will? And he said, yeah, I do. And I said, oh, okay. So you leave everything to your wife, right? And he said,
1: we know where this yeah. is going. Keep going, Patty. Keep <laughs> preaching it.
0: And he said, yes. And I said, oh, that's amazing. So she's a dentist. Dead silence.
1: Dead silence. No, she is and, not.
0: And, uh, <laughs> she is not. And, he's, and I said, well, sh- since she's not a dentist, she can't be an owner. Wait, what? And right. and then I said to the younger brother, and so that means you, if we don't do anything, you are going to be in business with your sister-in-law. Uh-huh. And then, you know, we started asking a lot more questions. So sometimes knowing the value is one thing, but knowing the impact of what it actually means Mm. for them personally, that seemed to really resonate with them. So just that step back to go, okay, now let's talk about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's why I think it's neat that you guys work with the advisor, because that's really the ultimate like goal is to get them to act on something that they might have not be vulnerable in, right? Mm-hmm. And so how much is a business valuation? What do we need to do to maybe even protect that? Or what does the next stage look like? And I love it, especially the trajectory of principle understanding this, because Brian and I used to like, we always just say, yeah, we, we we can work with businesses or individuals, but like, guess who runs businesses? Individuals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a lot of advisors only focus on the personal side of the individual. But Brian and I have always made a conscious effort to like, well, your business is actually a huge part of your retirement. <laughs> Now, how are we going to value that? How are we going to use that to its fullest capacity for you to be able to walk away at some point? And how does that affect your retirement? Now we have something where they're all in. No one's ever been able to help them do that. And you guys have kind of done the same thing, right? Is you go in, you figure out the valuation, and then you act, help them act on now what? which I think is super powerful through the advisor, by the way, it's not like you guys are trying to sell them anything. It's like, I have to go talk to your advisor.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I like to say that, you know, I have had the luxury of operating in this space for a very long time. And I'm an extension of the advisors that I work with. So um, when our advisors are working with their clients and then I encourage them, get your CPA, get your attorney involved, because, this is a joint effort and the more everybody's on the same page, the better it is.
1: Right. How many times do you think a business owner should get their business evaluated after the first time they do it?
0: Yeah. I think it's an every three year kind of thing, mm. nice. but for, um, if, unless something big has happened. So I'd call the pandemic something big. We, um, when we do the valuation, we look at three years of financial statements or tax returns,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and um, based on what we've seen over the last two years, um, there's been a lot of up and downs. For you know, some businesses like grocery stores went crazy. Uh, other businesses like restaurants, it's been you yeah, know they had decimated. to reinvent. They had to reinvent themselves, yeah um, and so we've been a little bit more um, uh, a little leeway of looking at things kind of annually, um, but you know I've looked at a set of three financials and seen a great big dip and and said, "Hey, what happened what What was it in this year? Oh, well, we were closed because of a flood, so things happen. Um, maybe you lost a, a partner, maybe you lost a key employee. Those are good times to say, hey, what is what is it doing to the b- value of my business?
2: Yeah. And then with all the kind of the PPP money, yeah. the EIDL money that's floating around, yeah. it's like, mm, well, point. that's all one-time stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, how do you pull that out? And, you know, obviously it was, I think the PPP program was actually really great. I know it was abused. You know, you're going to have some of that when you're throwing around that kind of money. But I thought it was actually a pretty effective tool. targeted tool, you know, to help the country. It was interesting. Yeah. I just went home to Omaha where I'm from and, you know, I was, you know, that's where I'm from. And so you're kind of like, Oh, what, what about this restaurant or that restaurant? You know, we're trying to find places to eat and they're like, Oh, my parents are like, no, gone. that's closed. Gone, 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 gone. You know, like a whole yeah. mall just, you know, buried basically in the ground. And so it, it yeah, COVID was a massive impact, uh, you know, economically. And so what does a business owner, you kind of touched on it, but I just want to highlight it again. What does a, you know, if a business owner is listening to this and say, yeah, I think it's about time I do that. What, what are they going to need to have put together? And it's kind of, we're, we're filming this or shooting this, uh, it's tax season. So, yeah, uh, You kind of alluded to it. What does a business owner need to bring to the table to get this done? I love this yeah. question because every
1: business owner is super busy. So yeah. it's, like, uh, it's intimidating, yeah. right? Unless they understand like, oh, wait, that's all it is. So I'm hopeful that this is going to be like, oh, they just need this, this and that. And right. every business owner is like, wait, I have that. Like I can right. do this. So go ahead.
0: Yeah, it is super simple. And so we would just ask them to send you guys three years of financial statements. So that would be your balance sheet and your income statement and then, um, or three years of tax returns. And um, and then you have an RFP that you would send to us, but the RFP is super simple. And there's nothing on that, um, that information from there that a client would have to open a drawer and find information about it. Mm-hmm. So, it's, you know, how long have you been in business? What's your industry? How many employees? Just simple things that um, can be answered off the top of your head so it, mm-hmm. it's not difficult
1: at all that's good let me ask you this what if a company has a trademark does that help their valuation or like how do you know that i'm saying <laughs> this because we have one <laughs> so <laughs> does that take into account or it's like philip stop the madness like you nothing?
0: <laughs> well it kind of depends is it on your financial statements as goodwill Ooh, and so, should, we're should very- be
1: four million dollars worth, okay? <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. So, when I, when I have the opportunity to look at financial statements, it, you know, I'm a geek. We'll just uh, yeah, establish we'll that up front.
1: Appreciate that. I love that.
0: <laughs> and, and so, when I start looking at financial statements, it's like you're opening a brand new book and I'm, I'm getting a very numerical look, but I'm trying to get in the heads of the owners mm-hmm. and say, oh, Good. but I see they've done this. So, I think they're trying to grow this. And I, I'm looking at wages and I'm thinking, this is what's happening. Um, maybe it's a family business and I'm kind of seeing um, a junior along and I can see it in the um, 1125E that the compensation's being paid. So uh, it's a brand new book and I'm trying to get, um, get into it. And then when I have a chance to review it with the client, I always start with, you know what? I've had a very numerical look at mm-hmm. your company. That's but good. What I'm, what I really would like is the color commentary.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe something that we didn't see. Right. Here's what I would say. Now this, I'm going to say always, which you never say never or always, but here we go. <laughs> It seems in my experience, every business owner always values their business higher than what it actually
2: is. We all know it. I think we've had one or two that are like, I don't want to put any value on my business at all. You know, yeah. Which then, yeah, that's true. So maybe that always it's, it's is a ninety eight, ninety nine percent <laughs> thing, though. I think
1: let's talk about that for a little bit because you are gonna you are gonna sit down, and I love that commentary of like I looked at it from the data, you know, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had so, any client like just be upset? Like, come on, Patty. Oh, gosh.
0: <laughs> yes. 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 Definitely. And it kind of depends on the purpose of the valuation of mm. why they're doing it. Great because point. if you think about a family business and you're talking about transitioning from maybe mm. the first generation to the second generation or maybe to the second or third generation, um, I've actually talked to a business owner who is six generations in. Wow. Which. Which it takes That's incredible, a yeah. incredible planning. But yes. you know, sometimes when you're doing that kind of transition, they want the business value to be low,
1: right? Mm. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Good point. So, so kind of, you the numbers are what the numbers are. Sometimes. Yeah, you got to take the emotion and, out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. And yeah. um, and and so you kind of see. Sometimes this happens. Um. If I have a manufacturing company and um, I valued it and it's a lot lower than they thought it would be I then I asked the question and I said but, but what about your building? Right. And they're like, "Oh, well, we've got a separate LLC for that." Which is yeah. really smart. That's good right. planning. Right. Um but but it's not included in the financials that I saw. Right. So yeah, when think they think of, when they think of the value It's 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 inclusive of the operations and Mm -hmm. of um, the building. And all I had was the operations.
2: Right. Obviously, you're doing this for free. You're an insurance company. Like, we obviously, (laughs) you know, when something's free, you're typically the product. Um, And I don't say that in a negative way. But, you know, obviously, we insure our house. We insure the things that are valuable to us, our incomes, uh, our kids, our spouses, you know, cars. Obviously, if you have a multi-million dollar business or even a business that was worth you know a couple hundred grand, there's value there and it probably needs to be insured. So can you kind of talk at a high level of some of the solutions that maybe come out of this to, you know, risk manage the value of that business? Great question. Yeah.
0: Yeah, excellent question. Um and and let's kind of break it down into kind of those areas that I said um, business owners care about. So First, let's talk about when when we want to protect the business, there's two things that kind of come out from that. And that is kind of from a business succession and a buy-sell perspective. When If the three of us are in um, business together, um, when we have our buy-sell agreement, our buy-sell agreement gives us what the purchase price will be when, and you know, I'm old, so I'll be the one that dies, you guys. Um, <laughs>
1: just <so. laughs> graduate, graduate yourself. It always sounds better.
0: <laughs> so I, I die. Then the two of you are based on our buy-sell agreement are obligated to buy from me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, if we've done a, let's just say for ease, it's a $3 million company. Well, now both of you have to come up with a half million dollars to buy me out. Mm-hmm. And that's just a very natural way for, um, insurance, life insurance to be used to generate that income so that it doesn't drag on the business for mm-hmm. you to have to, um, buy me out. And, and so a very close sister to the valuation is a review of the agreement. And, And I kind of view our purpose in reviewing the agreement is to make sure that the business owner has the right amount of money in the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so from a buy-sell perspective, um, there's usually a provision in a buy-sell agreement that says what the purchase price is. Mm -hmm. And and that's where our valuation comes in. So you can compare. Mm -hmm. I did the valuation. What does it look like? in the buy-sell agreement and would you sell it for that?
2: Because <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's the age Yeah.
0: <laughs> I've had a lot of um, construction companies, especially in the buy-sell agreement, they list the purchase price as um, book value.
2: Mm, which and they never sell you, it at.
0: Right. Right. And, and so I, I have a lot of conversations about, um, the value of a company having two parts,
2: mm-hmm.
0: what you own and what you do with what you own. And so, what you own is on your balance sheet. What you do with what you own is your in your mm-hmm. income statement. Really? And if your valuation is only looking at one of those, it's going to be undervalued.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and so, helping people understand that. So, that's one of the things that you could use insurance for. Another well, thing…
2: Well, go ahead.
0: Well, I was just going to say that we also see it in protecting the business, um, key person insurance. Mm -hmm. Just in, if something happens to the key sales guy, the, Mm -hmm. um, the operations manager, we want to make sure that you've got some money to go out and find somebody else.
1: Yeah. Who gives the final evaluation, like business evaluation to the business owner? Is it you and your team or is it like us? Let's talk to that
0: we love it with it to do it as a team
1: mm-hmm.
0: so um, we prepare it we send it to the advisor and then um, the advisor can um, set up a conference call and we will go through it with um, with everybody and I kind of like it that way because uh, yeah. um, there's business valuation is art not science mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I like to tell people, remember when I said, this is a numerical look at your company. Mm -hmm. I also want to tell them some parts of this are math and some parts of this are Patty Bell. And, (laughs) And, and I want to explain to you what parts are Patty Bell. And, and so that takes, um, you know, kind of the, the art to it, um, Mm -hmm. because there's two parts of evaluation that are kind of the art part of it. Um, One is picking multipliers and cap rates, um, and the other part is excess owner comp. And um, quite frankly, when I tell somebody that I've um, included some excess owner comp, most business owners say, wait, what? I don't. I don't get paid any extra. <laughs> and, right. And then I I help them with. Well, as an owner, you get paid two ways. You get paid to do the work, and you get paid to be an owner. And when you get paid to do the work, is, and, that's what you'd have to pay somebody else to do the work. To do the same if, work, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so, if you are. You know, let's just say that's a hundred thousand dollars job, but you're their owner, so you're taking two hundred out. I'm gonna add back a hundred thousand dollars to that um, in that um, calculation nice. and And then all of a sudden, when you start and when you help them with uh, excess anything I include in excess owner comp actually increases the value of the company. Then suddenly I start hearing about, well, you know, I do have my college student working and, <laughs> yeah, <you know.
2: laughs>
0: and we go to the Bahamas for a conference and, um, yeah. I, I
2: want $80,000 suburban or escalator you know, in the driveway. You know,
0: uh, here's just yeah. a fun story to tell. Cause I, I did a valuation of a grocery store in California and and I get it, you know, in California they they needed to get their groceries fast, but probably they didn't need a Maserati. <laughs>
2: yeah. Probably not. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah.
0: Just yeah.
2: What so, about? Oh, go ahead.
0: So I wanted to just kind of jump. So that was that's kind of where you would see insurance and on the protecting your business side. Yeah. On the protecting your employees side, we're in a group. A, um, the media is packed with the great resignation Mm -hmm. and almost every business owner we're talking to is having, um, difficulty, um, retaining, Retaining. recruiting, rewarding. Mm -hmm. And so those areas are coming out and there's a number of, you know, um, benefits that can be offered to hit the objectives of the business owner, whether it's, you know, a qualified plan, group products, um, or even something just, as specific as um, a deferred comp plan. Gotcha. And and then I of think, course that third bucket, sorry, is just no, the no. life the lifestyle, and so just the normal things like Rick talked about the income protection right. um, part of it, and and then survivor income. Uh, those are ways that insurance comes into play, but it, you know it might not. Um, right.
2: Well, and the planning that they maybe did when their business was, you know, valued sub 1 million. And then if it goes over a million, you kind of have to start to redo some of that stuff or at least evaluate it. Uh, Cause the numbers just get much bigger, much faster, you know, when you own a successful company. Um, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask too, just because we're getting more and more of this, we've had several business owners, um, you know, help, not not like we're helping them, but just kind of running through the numbers in terms of like retiring and future income, you know, that have sold their business or taken their done an exit. What would this be a good service for somebody who's maybe coming in and buying a business, you know, to get like a another set of eyes on evaluation versus like a business broker who obviously, you know, mm-hmm. is incentivized to get the business sale done. Um any any kind of thoughts or color there?
0: Yeah, you know, um, we work with business brokers, and um, sometimes when people are um, looking at our informal valuation and they're comparing it to the valuation the business broker had, ours is lower.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And and I like to explain to them, you know, they're kind of like a um, a realtor, and you know, the realtor when they're going to sell your house, they look around them about what the peers are doing, and then um, they're going to maybe shoot a little high. Business brokers tend to shoot a little high, so they have a little room for negotiation.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and so that's the perspective that it comes to me as, is that, hey, why are you so much different than than the business broker? Um, and then one thing maybe that we haven't touched on from a informal business valuation compared to a certified valuation. Mm -hmm. So there are certain times in life where a certified valuation is required. And by certified valuation, that's one that's completed by an accredited. um, There's some designations that um, are valuation um, focused. And when you get a valuation, a certified valuation, it's, defendable. And so, if you use it for, um, so you need it for estate tax purposes, you need it for an ESOP, you need it for gift tax purposes, for those things where you're basing decisions and and doing that as. So, if you want that, um, then you need a certified valuation. And then the thing that you get with a certified valuation that you don't get with our informal valuation is that Um, a certified valuation does just what the, um, house realtor does. They look for businesses like yours in the same kind of community in the same. And what did those sell for? Mm -hmm. We don't do any of that kind of, um, comparison, but that's what you would get with a business broker. Um, that's what you would get with a certified valuation.
1: How much is a certified valuation just for fun?
0: Oh, we're in Iowa. So, um, I would probably say somewhere, maybe eight to ten thousand.
1: Yeah. Okay. Nice. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, okay. On the coast, on the coast, much higher.
1: Right. So, how do our like, let's say, our listeners are leaning in? So, how do they interact with Patty Bell and getting their business uh, informally evaluated?
0: Well, they will contact me through you. So, yes. okay. I just wanted
1: to make sure we're on the same page. Yeah. Yep. So it's us. Yep. So you already have a relationship with us. I think that's the best part. Text us, call us Yeah. and let's get this started. And honestly, Brian and I would love to go through it just to make sure that like we understand the process and we can be, you know, speak to it even, even more. So I think that would be kind of a fun exercise just to, Hey, here's our three years tax returns we do have a trademark. Hey. (laughs) Uh, So, but I think that'd be really good, uh, just for our knowledge to, to understand exactly what and how it was going through. So definitely. Um, so tell me this. So give us a couple, uh, last closing thoughts that you have to our listeners that are just out there, maybe encouraging them or whatever, but, uh, i This, your voice is just amazing by the way. And uh, I love your knowledge of 36 years doing this. Like it's so awesome. And then I have one question after you have your closing thoughts. That's a fun question. So go ahead.
0: Okay. Awesome. So I love this kind of work. Lots of people ask me, why are you still there after 36 years? And because every day, is a brand new story with business owners and it's been amazing to me the amount of money you can make doing really weird things.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Right. And
0: and so it's been a really great story. So I, I like people to, we know what your passion is. You've had a good idea. You built a business, a successful business. Now let's take care of it. Mm -hmm. And, and so, um, Just make sure from a valuation perspective that you have kind of those two things match. What in my head would I sell the business for? And what does my documentation say? Mm -hmm. Because too often those things are not done at the same time and they're not cohesive. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. They
1: don't line up to each other. That's great. Okay, here's my question, because you kind of alluded to it. What has been the craziest businesses that you had to evaluate? Oh, gosh.
0: <laughs> um, I had a business in the East Coast that um, they clean dirt.
1: Yes. Yes, they do. They do clean dirt. <laughs> Sounds uh... Mafia so, <laughs> or something. I think they're in the John Wick movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So that was a good one. Um I've done a salon where um they uh do the hair of um celebrities. Oh,
1: that's
0: so That's kind of fun. Um the wire bindings that are kind of on the old school um recipe books. That was Oh,
1: interesting. Okay.
0: Yeah, that was a good business. Um a business that makes uh lawn ornaments.
1: <laughs> Brian's favorite. He's the reason why they're in business. I actually. got 40 gnomes in my yard.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he, he doesn't really, he doesn't really.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, so yeah. tell me this, if you were going to start a business from all the knowledge you have, what are you like? This is the business I would do, even though you really don't have a lot of passion for it, but you're just like, this is so quirky. I, I'm, I would do that.
0: Oh gosh. Um, I think it would be travel. Um, <sighs> in the travel is to help people go see the world and um, make it easy. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's great. (laughs) That's great. Patty, you are a breath of fresh air. I can't wait to work (laughs) alongside of you and get some of the Patty Bell isms. I'm sure there are, Uh, (laughs) but thank you for pouring into business owners over the last 36 years. I don't know if it's 36 years, but ever since you started this career um, in this job, I think you're doing amazing work and uh, I'm grateful that you took uh, some time with us and our listeners can hear more about what you do and how you value businesses. So thank you so much for being here.
0: You are so welcome. And thank you so much for having me. I mean, it's, it's really fun work, so I'll probably do a little while longer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So you've been listening to Uncommon Life Project. I've been your host, Philip Ramsey. And I'm Brian Dewhurst. Until next time, go be uncommon. Thanks for listening. Thanks everybody. Bye-bye.
0: That's all for this
1: episode of the Uncommon Life Project. Brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit UncommonWealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an
0: episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.